Yo, Joburg. Hello, everybody. My name is Steve. This is episode 302 of GI Joburg. We're talking about giant vegetables. We're talking about homecomings. We're talking about a lot of things, including bringing a beautiful trophy home. <laughs> Today, we are really going to flaunt our South African identity here on the podcast because South Africa is the World Cup champions once again. <laughs> but let me not uh, have this moment of elation alone. I have another South African up my sleeve. Hello, Paul. Get out of my sleeve. Berg. <laughs> hey, so everybody. I, well, I couldn't resist. No, it's all good, dude. It's all good. Um, it's It was an, an exciting, intense moment as well for, for all South Africans. And uh, anybody out there who was just really enjoying, who just enjoyed rugby and just enjoyed the spectacle of the World Cup, I know a few Bergforce members um we're watching uh mark <laughs> and jimmy uh so that was cool it was cool to have you guys like you know on the sidelines there as well <laughs> it was great actually i love how mark is like like a proper springbok supporter <laughs> you know like it's actually really cool he's like go Boca. <laughs> it was great so that was very cool and um yeah go boys it was it was great super exciting we are not a sports show. We are not sports-minded people. But when the Springboks do well, there's something very special that happens to our nation, which is a deeply divided and damaged place at the moment and is in dear need of some healing. And it's amazing the kind of power that a moment like this has. Um, but let's you know, be gracious in defeat, but also gracious in victory. The All Blacks played a hell of a game. With one man down, the captain was on the bench for most of it um, and pulled out an absolute nail-biter. I mean, mm. it couldn't have been closer. It was a one-point difference in the end. And that is just testimony to how hard fought it was on both sides. So, yes, uh, to our eternal rivals, well done. Um, Thank you for the good like, game. Next time, <laughs> yeah. you've got it all except four trophies. Um, now, <laughs> Let's rub it in. <laughs> You spoke about the actual game being ang like pretty anxious affair, but if you've been following the Springboks campaign throughout the World Cup, it has been a pretty anxiety-riddled World Cup because all of our playoff matches were won by a single point. Mm -hmm. The merest of margins. One point difference between us and France in the quarters, one point difference between us and England in the semis, and then one point difference between us and, on paper, the greatest team in the world, forever you know we will be the eternal underdogs but every once in every while the underdog gets a bite um yeah oh. what a what a what a campaign what a time protect the i love this from spoon killer protect the leather egg yeah fat let's just um oh. i mean for the people following the visuals or watching the youtube version uh yes the moment our captain sio kalisi Poor kid from Zwede in the Eastern Cape who has risen to the, the top point of, of his, his discipline as the captain of the Springboks, hoisting that trophy and telling everyone back home that, uh, you know, together we can do it. Together we are stronger. Together we can overcome everything, um, particularly this rather difficult passage in our country's history. Anyways, I don't want to dwell too much on that, but I think, as I say... Yeah. Every once in a while, our South African character as a, as a podcast from deepest darkest must um, must shine forth, you know, like the light 
into the the dark continent day eh? <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> yeah how did so you, I drank um, so much how did you enjoy the... than Xbox uh, yeah, than 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 Escom. Anyway, how did yeah. you enjoy the match, pal? I actually uh, again used my mom's details to log into um, the must. satellite service as I a streaming for that pro- shit. Uh, platform, Not twice, which is great. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, technically I do pay for that because I pay for the internet, so it's fine. There it you works go. Out. Um, yeah, that's how I watched it on my my TV at home. Uh, I w- you know, we were thinking of like going to friends, but it's just. Something about Saturday, and I'm and I'm gonna get into this actually. Um, Saturday was kind of a funny day, and I didn't actually want us to go anywhere because I just felt like we'd be asking for shit. So I just thought let's just stay at home, watch the rugby. It's safe, no drunken drivers, no nothing can like get us. Just watch the rugby, <laughs> and it was intense, man. Like Celia and I was sitting on the couch there, like, and shouting. Celia closed the door because I was shouting, and she's like, "Oh no, you're gonna teach the kids bad words," and I'm like, "Well." You know, keeping stuff being assholes. <laughs> it's it's acceptable when uh, yeah. when the ref gives a dodgy decision. You got to put him on blast. Um, yeah. Yes. Anyway, I. So that's I how we it enjoyed it. yourself. It was yeah. five a.m. So I didn't I didn't wake my boy. I didn't uh, wake my wife. Um, I sat on the couch on the edge of the couch, um, gripped in this moment. Um, but then I got to relive it. I woke Elliot up saying, "Hey, boy, we won." With the champions and um and he said wow i love a game (laughs) (laughs) and then kim watched the um the mini match which is available immediately after the 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 close of play which is basically just a a half hour highlights reel but it's like watching like every turning point in the match back to back so it's, it's 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 perhaps even more of an emotional roller coaster um there's no stoppage there's no time to breathe and so the highlights because yeah. it was such an absolute nail biter right down to the, the final whistle she thought we were going to lose she was like they're going to get a breakaway try the all blacks and and that'll be it that's you know they'll deny us as they have done so many times in the past just absolute heartbreakers right in the last minute um mm-hmm. but but it went our way the resolute defense was steadfast and um she jumped for joy shrieked and picked Elliot up and was carrying him going crazy and then as soon as she sort of the emotion subsided and she stopped jumping around and screaming Elliot said again again (laughs) (laughs) so she did it about three or four more times because of the boy we got a great uh, question um and thank you for the congratulations as well in the comments but we um brick fiction asks what would a joe rugby character's code name be Uh, ironically back well, do you know that Captain Gridiron was called Captain Rugby in certain parts of Europe? They just I'm... they just took him to be a rugby player because I mean mm. you know, American football. Well, that was more relatable. Yeah. yeah, American football. Well, NFL is played internationally, but it doesn't have the same kind of um, recognizability, I suppose, particularly in Europe, um, as Union Rugby. Yeah, um, but apart from calling <laughs> Thanks, him Darren. Captain Rugby, um, I suppose I could use some Afrikaans expletives. That'd be kind of cute and in-joke and naughty. Um, there's there's a controversy swirling around a player who, in Afrikaans, dropped a word that sounds a lot like the sea bomb, um, but it really just refers to that's your side. This is my side. The, the Afrikaans mm. word for side is 
a homophone for C-bomb. Mm -hmm. I hope you follow that. Except it's spelled um, with a K, like Immanuel Kant, the yes. philosopher. There you go. <laughs> Just so, not pronounced the same. Yeah, so in... Um... In, in Afrikaans class, I think I may have told you and Rob this story, but uh, we were writing an essay, Afrikaans essay, and uh, one of the guys in my class asked the teachers, he's just like, ma'am, sorry, but uh, how do you write, choose my side in Afrikaans? But she tells them, and he's, the, the whole class is very straight-faced because they know what's going on now. And he's like, can you write it for me on the board? So she writes down, you know, and it's, choose my side in Afrikaans is, kiss, may, the philosopher. <laughs> hey, boy, you've, you've made your best. I cannot believe the teacher did not pick up what he was putting down. That must be the oldest she trick in the was, book. Man. Shame, dude. I think she was just so high strung. I think she just, mm. you oh, know. Teaching will do that to you. But, um, but so coming back to the code name. Yeah, yeah, Scrum Master is a nice sele selection. Um, yes, they'll organize your work. Killer. We got it's Darren Cobb with morning. winger or hooker. There's a position on the field called a hooker. Called a hooker. Yeah. 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 I, I love the, the scrum master. That that kind of resonates with me. So like because of scrum being a, a planning system and whatever. So that's the Joe organizer. So he comes in in the morning. He's like, okay, guys, what is everybody doing? <laughs> like, let's get you on the Kanban track. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would go for fullback. I think that's quite a cool name for a, a GI Joe. It's a cool code, GI Joe code name. Well, look, yeah. if you want to be tongue in cheek about it and do a code name that, that GI Joe seldom did, which is code names that actually take the piss, like Ice Cream Soldier. But when it's mm. when it seems genuine when it happens, because like code names shouldn't be glamorous. They should be like taking the piss. So there, there's another position which I love the name of. It's loose head. <laughs> so just call one of the Joes loose head. Is if he's a, if he's a little bit unhinged, that'd be or prop. Props fun. Well, uh, yeah, it's a loose head prop. The guy on the sort of outside of the scrum. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I love, I love this from uh, Chasing Eighties. Uh, isn't Springboki also a South African drink? Yes. Uh, you can use some peppermint liqueur with a dash of Amarula cream. And Amarula cream is kind of analogous to Bailey's, except it's derived from a tree fruit. Uh, which is responsible so if you want for the getting, real deal, yeah, it's, it's responsible for getting elephants drunk because the fruit ferments when it falls off the tree. You can also use they... something called Cape Velvet as well. Sorry, yeah, nah, bro. Amarula, go, go with Amarula. I die. Yeah, it's once you've had it, you will you will probably want to continue having it and and not have Bailey's. Ironically, for a cream liqueur to to be taken from a, a fruit. It, it shouldn't work, but it does. Anyway, guys. And it works God. so well. We're, anyway, we're, we're getting too much into... So, yeah, we are a South African GI Joe podcast. We are South Africans. We are proud of it. So, yeah, that was... that was. Thank you for dealing with us being proudly South African. Yeah. Um, Let's which brings us talk to... some GI Joe news. Paul, yes. lead the charge, man. You are the modern era guy. So I am. So, well, it seems I am. So, guys, I can, I'm I very, very, very... Present some pictures. Yeah, I, I've also got a few here loaded up as well. So we got some, we got some great news. In fact, I hope some of you, if you got better ones than I did, I'm, I'll be more than happy uh, if you could throw them in. But uh, we got some great news. Okay, we'll start off with the vamp. Um, so Why this we? wonderful, well, you know, I just thought maybe we'd build up 
it. <laughs> so this was this was another great treat because while watching the rugby, I started seeing images of this thing as well popping up um, as I was messaging various people. Um, like, oh my God, you know. Anyway, um, I am I am so pleased with this. I'm so pleased with this for 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 a lot of reasons, and I and I want to actually just do an actual sort of separate quick video, maybe tomorrow, just talking about my feelings on this in in detail. But I just want to round it up with how cool is it that we're getting such a substantial vehicle for such a good mm -hmm. price? Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, it's coming in at just under a hundred dollars, which is amazing. We got this fantastic figure, and he just has an amazing um, head sculpt, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you 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 can have this moment. Let's let's bring up a, a better picture. I, um, I I actually got that pick um that uh I think it was Andrew Andrew Creech uh posted up and and I, I oh so this oh no actually I lie I didn't get these images doing the rugby I got I watched something later later I was with my folks yesterday for my birthday and I um showed them a picture of of this figure. And my mom's first reaction was like, oh, that's nice. I made a toy of you. No. And I was like, no, mom. Like, <laughs> this is a character that just has a, a, a likeness that's just very much like mine. And my dad was also like, what? Did they make a toy of you? How did you get that right? I'm like, no, dad. This is like... And anyway, so... Well, and they looked at well, him and was why like... why have you clean shaven, but your beard has um, that exact same pattern. You need to grow it back out again, brother. I will totally grow it back out. And the reason I shaved is really embarrassing. I was shaving... <laughs> Did on Saturday morning. It? No, no, no. I was shaving on Saturday morning and I just the shadow in my bathroom was a bit much and it made the one <laughs> side of my face the side look a little bit too much and I overshaved it. And then I was like, fuck, yeah. I have to take it off. So anyway, enough about my shaving habits. This vehicle is so so rad, and it's really elevating the whole classified game. I mean, we've been getting some magical figures from this line. Uh, and to have a vehicle like a vamp which has just got so much reuse potential um in terms of repaint i mean we're going to see it coming out mm. as a tiger uh tiger uh, tiger sting we're going to see a stinger and i believe um according to gary v's video um or not gary v um ryan's video the mr toy collectors uh, mm -hmm. i think he mentioned somewhere that uh there is apparently like plans to to do a stinger if i'm not mistaken ryan please correct me I, my memory is a bit fuzzy a lot happened yesterday i also um I also think the driver's great. Like they didn't skimp on this. This is this is great. This is what we want as classified fans. And I think it's so cool to see this because we really are a lot of people supporting this brand and it's and it's showing and it's paying dividends. And it's such a cool toy. Makes My me favorite wonder... thing, finally, mm. gloss up gloss. front. Clutch ain't chewing bugs no more, guys. This is a vamp with all the optional extras. And you can strip it away. Like you can pretty mm. easily clip off the light bar sort of the the additional blue lamps that are on top and on bottom um you could take the bedroll off you could take the the shovel off it looks to me like it's modular enough for the side mirrors to be taken off if you want to have a a more like, original accurate like clean configuration but why would you want to they're lovely they've got foil um stickers to give them mm. you know a mirror like quality the suspension is very juicy. Amazingly. Yes. Yeah. Such a great feature. Like such the an amazing feature that, that they threw do that me in. off a little bit is the wheels come disassembled in the box. 
but are apparently a one-time fit or the rims are one-time fit if you screw up the tread because the tread does have a front and a back um then you lenny said that you can pop the the tires off to correct that but in terms of taking the rims off once they're on they're on which i mean if with everything else being so modular and customizable i thought found that a weird choice because it would be nice to be able to kind of raise this thing up and have the wheels off like for dire mm. purposes um however you know for for the ruggedness of the set i see why they didn't do it because if it is friction fit and you can pull it off the potential for that to become loose over time exists so it's a compromise but like i i, I find that like a little bit of a detractor i was like mm, a one-time fit mm. i'm always scared of one-time fits because I'm one day someone's gonna want to be able to pull them off I'm so glad that this is not a Kickstarter or anything like not a Kickstarter oh, crowdfunding God. thing. I'm just glad that it's just straight to retail and makes me super happy. Also, um, uh, Misfit Toy Collectors channel, they uh, pointed out the, um, I, I'm going to call it a tiger paw, but it's a ferret, the ferret in the background. Oh, Immediately, yeah. I'm thinking tiger paw because, you know, um, they've been doing such a great job with the tiger paws characters. So I'm excited to see that. And at least now we kind of have a little bit of a sneak peek of the, of the, um ferret which for my money right now doesn't look all too amazing but uh it's not really fair um and then there's a great shot of uh clutch sort of checking out a helmet that's in the ground and it looks very similar to the helmet that's being worn by the by the rider mm. so so that's cool <clears throat> so um, there was promotional sort of internal hasbro art um, and this is courtesy of patrick not picard stewart of full force and um, joe declassified who pointed out that in the presentational art for the ferret there was a driver mm -hmm. figure mocked up and he had that fang sort of atv helmet so this is a deep cut so like so we got some like motor vipers or like a new style of motor viper it seems well um i, I mean that's an assumption it has been, yeah it, sure but it has been um spoken about online that a ferret should be an all-use all kind of vehicle that including mm. a figure with it is problematic because you've got this assigned driver for a thing that should really just be sort of an infantry um, utilitarian thing. You know, you should be able to put anyone on it from Crimson Guards or Storm Shadow to the lowliest blue shirt. So to have an included driver, he's either going to live in the draw or... Mm you know, while you have your more important figures paraded around on your ferret, or you're going to have to have this kind of fleet of like ferret drive. I mean, you know, but whatever, that, that's, that's a horrendous nitpick because why wouldn't you want an included figure? That's just, Hey, maybe they, maybe they do like an alternate head to make it like a stinger driver or something like that. You know, I don't know. They, they can do it. I'm, I, hopefully, you know, people, Hasbro, here's the, the, the fans here. It looks mm -hmm. like they are, it looks like they are listening to the fans. So, that's pretty cool. Um, but let's not gush over this vamp too much because it is oh, a stunning not? vehicle. It's, <laughs> it's just it's such a showstopper. But I think it's also worth mentioning the other two kind of big announcements that sort of fell through or landed up on yeah, this, this, this chat. This was part of Hasbro's 1027 or 27th of October, if you're like me, um, announcement. But there was another event this weekend, the MCM London um, Comic Convention. And they had some toys there too. 
In fact, the team was there, apparently. That's why they did a pre-record for the Pulse event, because they were all jetting off to London. How lovely. So right. we have Metalhead and Mutton Junk. Yeah. And uh, I want to start with Mutton Junkyard just because uh, the classifieds uh, animals have been top class. Um, mm. I, I've really loved, I mean, the crocodile, the um, uh, timber, and timber's other color. Okay, Polly, I think, is the weakest of them, uh, but I'll get into a chat about that sometime later, maybe, hopefully. But um, yeah, to see um, Junkyard done up as well as he is, uh, is kind of no surprise. Uh, because they have been doing such a great job of them. And yeah, he's just cool with his little alternate head. He's, so, he's, like, he's the goodest boy. He's so cool. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Mutt, Mutt is looking fantastic. And um, just a, it looks like a fun figure. This looks like a really fun toy. Lots of cool stuff happening there. Um, very close. Like So, so my kind of, um, should I call it barometer, I suppose, or my... My this is how I re review a classified figure for myself personally. If it respects the original, the vintage figure, but adds something new to it, uh, adds something to it of quality, then I feel like it's a great classified release. And I feel like Mutt and Junkyard are, are that because you're getting everything that makes the the vintage good, at least from visually, um, with a few extras like you know the the suit, the harness for for Mutt, and I mean for Junkyard. And then just a few extra weapons and then like removable helmets and the face mask and all that good stuff that was there on the vintage. So I'm digging it. Like I'm really digging it as it stands right now. So that's very, very, very cool. And then we bring get ourselves onto a very exciting toy. Something <laughs> oh, I really? did not I did not expect. I knew it was coming down the pipe. I was excited when I first saw it, but to see the actual uh, proper images, I really, really love Metalhead. Like I think they've done him so well. He looks like such a tool. Um, <laughs> and I think that. Bang. And yeah, man, it's just, it's so cool. Once again, like he kind of uh, hits the right sort of things for me. He's got everything that makes the vintage cool, uh, whether you like Metalhead or not. I mean, you know, um, but he's also got a lot of stuff that's new that's kind of been brought in by the classified that I feel like are nice improvements that are a little bit more sensible, like the helmet. Um, also, his gear seems to live up sensible. to his sensible, yeah. spiked medieval. He's a rigid, yeah, which makes him look very. Wait for it, metal, you know. Mm. And very his rich. original was like he was basically wearing like a bullet head. I mean, the original helmet. So, like, give the man, I, you know. I, yeah, as a child, helmet. I thought it was a weird shaped helmet, but in later life, that is exactly the kind of like blast protection you're gonna need on your on your neck. That's makes total sense. Over. I know, but I think it's just like if, if it's a classified figure and it has a cone head, the internet's gonna collectively shit itself. So I think uh, Hasbro made a good move here. All the designers for Hasbro mm -hmm. made a good move here with um, the, the whole metal head look. Um, I, yeah, it's it's a cool looking toy. I like that the box has got so much stuff going on. You got all the missiles, all the attachments. <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun to play with. And also the Iron Grenadiers um, patch, which brings me to some other great news, which we haven't got pictures of. Um, I know this courtesy of, once again, uh, Island Misfit Toy Collectors. Uh, but it looks like there's a Falcon and an Iron Grenadier coming down the pipe. So mm. that's got me very excited. Raptor, you mean? I, yeah, sorry. I could call him Falcon. Raptor. <laughs> Dude, I, I love Raptor. I love mm. Raptor. I'm one of those people that like loves Raptor. I, I lean fully into the geeky 
not geeky, the weird freakiness of him. It's totally my kind of character. Um, really hated the modern era collector's club version of him. Um, so very happy to see the classified once again taking what made the vintage cool, whether you think cool is cool. And now we just wait in anticipation to see how how well they they did the Iron Grenadier because that's a bit of a difficult one, I think. I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, Hopefully and it will be a Franken-Joe. I mean, it would be yeah. really nice to get those details nailed down in plastic as opposed to them being kind of amorphous. Somebody asked here, um, Cobra Viper, and you, you've touched on, uh, sorry, buddy, but you have hit the button here. Are classified figures really to play with? Yes. Mm. Um, you see that up there on my shelf? That's a statue. I don't play with that. I play with these. These are toys. I know it's crazy, but that's, what, that's why they have articulation. They're designed to be played with. These are toys. I'm sorry, but they are. Like, <laughs> yes, you play with them. You can do whatever you want with them. Because you paid for it, but they're toys. I'm sorry, but okay. So yes, I've never used this rationale myself, but I've heard it said before that because of the upscaling of the classified figures, and because we've essentially upscaled ourselves since being children, it's mm. the same relative size to our hands as when we were playing with our, sure. our three and three quarter inch O-ring figures back in the day. So, I mean, at least at least scientifically they seem positioned to be played with at that scale. But actually, this yeah. is a topic that we're going to get into on this podcast because we had some listener Thank questions you. that we didn't address. And, mm. and I, we, we're going to get into that. Um, but yeah, this is a good prelude to talk about the various generations of G.I. Joe and whether or not they interact well with each other and play nicely. Um, Viper so Scouts came with... Uh, yeah, just I just wanted to uh, add here. Uh, Viper Viper Scout actually came in with a good uh, response to that more pose with than play with, but you're still playing with it. You're still posing it, and posing a figure is playing with it. Sorry, <laughs> you you you're still a kid. You... Your inner kid is still alive. Yeah, how do you it's define there. play nowadays? Is exactly. that like get all your shows out of the closets and spill them onto the floor and make them talk to each other? Because you know, for all the kind of beating of the drum that I do for that kind of play. The reality is I, I I don't, I don't. I'm waiting for a playmate to either grow up my kid or, um, you know, to be reunited with my long lost friends, you and, and, and Paul and Rob, that one, yeah. Paul and Rob. Yes. That was. Me, um, me and, and Rob, Rob and I, but the reality totally, man. Is, or when the camera's rolling, the reality <laughs> of life is posing and arranging your shelf and putting accessories and, you know, different configurations that is play these days mm. the play it motions is. are simulated play that's 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 really just me putting in the graft trying to maneuver a camera and figures at the same time um but play for play's sake that's a rare and wonderful thing um i'm trying to find my way back to those glory days to be honest i Hurry up, Elliot. get bigger get more get intellectually bigger, you know, I yeah, build... get bigger so you can complain about how quickly he grew up. Um, <laughs> I I do want to take this like uh, as an opportunity to mention something. So uh, a friend of mine contacted me the other day and asked me if my Hammond collection uh, Rexy, that's the T Rex from Jurassic Park, uh, if I was if mine was starting to show signs of cracking or tearing. Now bear in mind this figure is actually only like an, a year old, if that, and sadly his um, the gums 
of his Rexy are starting to tear. They're starting to disintegrate as is some of the rubber on the neck. And that's like a bugger, you know, and he's just like, you know, we just sort of had like a little bit of a chat about modern toy making techniques and, you know, the materials used and sometimes they have to be cheaper and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But, you know, and, and also, I mean, I know that Rexy's had like, I think uh, two versions of that. So there's like been a revision on that to try and fix it. But it made me, and, and this, uh, this is going to come into what happened yesterday uh, on Saturday. Um, the reality is that this stuff's not going to last forever. And we, we've spoken about this sort of ad nauseum on an earlier episode of the podcast. But I suppose just like as I've just sort of hit this point in my life as well, I'm kind of like realizing that it's not going to last forever. It's, it's not going to be the same way it was when you got it. And it is important for you to take that time with that figure and really, really enjoy it, whether it be posing it, whether it be taking photos of it, whether it be playing with it, whether it be shooting videos of it or spending time with that figure and, and your kids or friends or whatever. But guys, I, I kind of urge you to, to take that time and really appreciate those figures now as much as you can and really take a toy out maybe a day and just pose it up and, and make it you know, a day for like, let's say shipwreck or classified shipwreck or classified something or a Marvel Legends, whatever, whatever, like does you, uh, you know, you do you. Because in 10 years time, before you know it, stuff could be disintegrating as plastic's <laughs> going to get sticky, stuff's going to break apart. And I know it's kind of a depressing topic, but at the same time, I think the impermanence of these things kind of reminds us to appreciate them as much as possible now while we have them in their best format. Especially with modern you toys. say being, that, Paul. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, like, like people often criticize the O-rings for having frail crotches and elbow cracks and O-rings and stripped screws and, and, and. But their longevity has been tested at this mm. point. Uh, and I'd say... Yeah, very much so. Yeah, law of, law of averages, they've held up remarkably well. A lot of them still look like museum pieces. Um, Agreed. I mean, like I can't believe it. I was rifling through bins of old Joes in a market on Saturday and was finding like, like mint specimens <laughs> for $5. I'm like, seriously? Amazing. Freaky. Um, freaky. I know. I know. Even what people consider beaters, sometimes you get an absolutely unblemished, unworn. I'm like, this was made in the 1980s and it looks like this. How the hell did Madness. it? What was its journey to get to this point that is so well preserved? Just neglect, I guess. Not having anyone yeah. love it. Love it to death. But yes, you're absolutely right. Modern toys, we don't know. Their track record is untested at this point. We'll see exactly. if they become a puddle of, of oil um, in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And as I close out on this, um, so I've been, I, I got this cool new shelf behind me, which is kind of a mess at the moment because I'm still organizing it. And um, I got to bring home my Storm Shadow, my Sideshow Storm Shadow from my parents' place, which I've been dying to do since I moved into this place. But it's so fragile. Oh, it's, it's such a collectible piece and such a fragile piece that I don't want it, you know, within arm's reach of anybody or anything. And so he's living up there now. I'm very happy. He's my little Storm Shadow shrine. Um, but I brought him home and I brought home Solid Snake, the, the Hot Toy Solid Snake. And when I was posing Solid Snake and putting him on the, the, the shelf, which you can't see here because it's actually in the lounge, I noticed, you know, stuff starting to fray off him and stuff. And I'm just like, Damn, you know, I wish I had taken more photos of this figure and done more with this toy. And it, 
it's just it's just depressing and then at the same time i dropped the snake from the one side show diorama so it's shattered so i've got like three half snakes now <laughs> i feel like such a a tool bag but at the same time i'm also like you know what at least i spent some time and i at least got some good shots of that with some diorama pieces anyway closing messages guys remember we are love we love toys we love um gi joe and we dig all of that stuff and let's just try to enjoy it as much as we can and and not just always be consumers of it you know let's let's be enjoyers of it as much as possible i think uh, but, yeah to that i must also say that part of the enjoyment of toys is the anticipation Oh, and true. the thrill of the hunt and the waiting and the mind game the which is why hunt. i'm 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 so excited to fantasize about the cobra mothership for a year before it finally <laughs> hopefully <laughs> is ready i mean the, I love let's this. just check in with the campaign it's like just over 1400 people of a 4000 people goal it's going to make it it's going to make it i think people just make need it. to need to make arrangements with their funds first before and, and significant others yeah look I'm, I'm keeping the faith i'm in i'm in i've paid my deposit go you dude um i've had that conversation go i'll rah! report on that a little bit later draws walker nine customizing toys is another form of play through art yes definitely i think again i i think my whole my drive right now is just to remember that it's just not uh, yes the anticipation as steve said is a very very exciting thing but let's just not make this hobby just about buying the hobby shouldn't be buying toys. The hobby should also be enjoying them and appreciating them. Sweet. Okay. Good. Yeah, and Giant yes, Man yes. funded. There's hope. Yes. So. Giant, thank you, Moonlight. Giant Man did fund um, in the last couple of hours. No, no, no. I, Paul, it's easy to throw <laughs> out predictions. It's being an armchair. What is it? Monday Monday morning quarterback is the American term for it. But an armchair critic or a sort of hindsight is 2020. Yes, it did fund. Um, and that's the magic of Haslabs. If there are like 2,000 backers needed in the last day, that's when a kind of a crunch time happens. And then all the fence sitters pile onto that and then tears start tumbling. The same thing happened yeah. with the Sky Striker. And that's why I own a jet that yeah. can't land. Tears or, or tears? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are some people out there that are really salty that like Giant Man funded. They're like, ah, Giant Man I have... funded. I have a philosophy I about you, that, and I, I don't see it often enough um, spoken of. So maybe it's this kind of unspoken thing that we all feel. But I feel like a lot of the hate for crowdfunding comes from the the, the sticker shock of being like, oh, I can't afford that. But if I can't have it, I don't want anyone to have it. So I'm going to pour scorn on this this campaign and make sure that it doesn't fund, not because I don't like the toy, not because I don't want the toy, but because I don't mm. want to be the guy missing out. You know, I don't want this toy, toy to yeah. come into existence and not be on my shelf. Mm. So it becomes an uncomfortable war with yourself. And I, I, I have to admit that part of me wanted the Sky Striker to fail because I didn't want to go to the rigmarole of trying to get it because I knew that if it existed, I would want it badly, and I did, and so I did. Um, but yeah, look, a big part of me was like, "Please let this fall on its face." I really don't want to be moving heaven and earth the, to try and get a toy. On the topic of that, I think it's great that the his tank funded. Um, I think it'll be fun to play with and 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 fun to really get into. I'm sadly not going to be getting one, and I'm okay with that. But I love that. I think the fact that it's been successful has opened the doors for things like BAMPs. So I'm very 
I'm very glad for that. And so for all of you guys that did speak, you know, that did vote with your credit cards and did get that, it's cool that Hasbro is going to meet you halfway by making a vampire retail thing. I'm not saying this is like for sure, but it's just a feeling I get like that the vamp exists because of the success of the test tank, you know? Um, it, and the vamp is certainly not as premium as the his tank, and that's cool. You know, I think the his tank needed to be that, what it is now. You know, looking at it with hindsight and looking at Lenny opening it up and showing it off and all that good yeah. stuff. Go, Lenny. They, they didn't hold back on the features of the his tank. They probably could have brought one to retail if it was as bare bones as the original his tank, but there is the notion that the classified designs need to be extra, extra detail. Moonlight. I got to get you onto a Gumpla SA podcast <laughs> one day and you can hear me spout forth all kinds of P Bandai hate because P Bandai is a problem. That kind of premium model is a problem. It's hurting an industry. It's, it's a bad when an industry releases more premium product that is difficult to obtain than regular release product. And if you look at any year, any release year for Bandai, sorry guys, I know it's not GI Joe. If you look at any Bandai release, you'll see there are more P Bandai releases and more new sculpt P Bandai releases, not recolors or weird things, more new sculpts in a year for P Bandai than there are regular releases. It's disgusting and it's a practice that must stop. And one day, hopefully, I'll have Bandai's ear and they will hear me on that one. Anyway, moving forward onto GI Joe. We have amazing listener questions. We, uh, we canvassed the various social media platforms for our episode 300. We didn't get around to all of them. Some of them needed more considered approaches and responses and time to, to vent off our opinions. So let's get into some of those. First up from General Mills, talk about the good and bad stuff from the 2000s, Spy Troops and Valor versus Venom era. Um, mm. We've dabbled in the past, but I suppose... It's just a, an opportunity to talk about this afresh and in one place. Um, I'm going to rattle off a few like highlights for me from that era. Some that I have, some that I don't have, and then some mm, some stinkers. Because, I mean, where do you start? It was the era of big shoulders, small waists, and tiny heads. Um, it was the era of GI Joe vehicles suddenly being far more toyetic than ever before. You know, far divorced from the model kit style approach in the 80s and 90s. Now we had pre-assembled, thick, dumpy vehicle designs. Uh, it took G.I. Joe in a different direction and it had sound attacks. <laughs> but yes, Valor versus Venom was the period of, uh, sorry, Spy Troops was the period after G.I. Joe versus Cobra. So that's sort of 2004. Um, mm -hmm. And then Valor versus Venom was the very next year. Each era had an a animated CG movie. Um, you've watched the Spy Troops one, and so have I. We both had the DVD. <laughs> I've recently watched, thanks to Anything Joe's, who, who've put it on YouTube for all to see, I've watched the Valor vs. Venom film. And I will say that the one shining light from that film is that it is the major animated appearance of the MCC, the Mobile Command Center, from 1987. Why is it in this, you, you might ask? Well, in 2004, it was released as part of the Spy Troops line, or re-released. And that's mm. the version that I currently own. So it was wonderful seeing Winning. it used as, as, as a major location, a mobile base for G.I. Joe. Um, just cool to see a toy from the 80s 
like animated in the 2000s. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a highlight for me. Anyways, another highlight. The Cobra Heavy Water Trooper. Have you ever seen these, Paul? The Heavy Water Trooper? Um, I keep hearing the name. Yeah, I have seen these. Um, but in all honesty, I never thought they were G.I. Joe's. Well, I thought they, they were are, like some other toy line. They're not G.I. Joe's, they're Cobra. But mm -hmm. the Collectors Club did something amazing and took this figure who's sort of, I suppose, disaster trooper. You, he's kind of used for disposing of radiological materials, perhaps. And they made a glow in the dark version. Oh, be still. I'm so down with that, though. Yeah, I'm done with that. That's super cool. That is super cool. And it's reason of like back in 2004 or five, whenever this came out, I remember distinctly wanting to join the G.I. Joe Collectors Club just to get this figure. And I think it was $50 to be in the club for the year. And you get the, word, the exclusive figure and I don't know, a few extras, maybe their newsletter. I don't remember. I never was a, a, a paid up member of the Collectors Club. But this figure was something that I was absolutely pining for at the time. Maybe we'll get a classified uh, re-release. Yeah, because you know I'll be all over that, Paul. Come on, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. That's That was the joke. I like the style of mechs that came in around about this time. Venom yeah. versus Venom defense mech is, is particularly cool. And featured in the Sigma-6 cartoon, actually. Um it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's only partially armored. It's more like the uh, the power loader from Aliens because mm. you've got arms kind of the, the figure's arms extending out and and grasping the control levers on the actual mech's arms and their legs. Like you could kneecap a guy in this thing. So it's not a very good defense mech at all. But it's heavily armed and it's got a cool flip down um, sort of transparent if piece. We... If we ever do any kind of battles with these vehicles, I'm so shooting you at guy in the knees like, <laughs> all the time. Thanks, Paul. Them but you know that in cartoons, no one ever gets shot at all. So that's knees. why that's why yeah. lots of glass and exposed flesh. That that's the order of the day. Around about this time, we got an amazing Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes yes. version 23, probably the best of the New Sculpt era, and and now in retrospect, a very good Snake Eyes overall. You know, mm. you won't be as tall as a 25th anniversary version, so you'll hopefully mesh better with your originals. The shoulders aren't too freakishly big. I mean, he's he's built like a brick shit house, but it's it's not overt. He comes with a secondary, which can be removed to give I him know, more. Michael, and he's this got an amazing head sculpt for any era. It's a visor, but it's mm. very much in line with the I can conjure up like painted artworks of the time, having this same very good proportion so talking uh not talking joe's um oh god i can't believe the uh, remember the name of this guy's blog and it used to be so such a huge part of my life in my early gi joe collecting um but i remember this particular blogger used to go on about um the snake eyes as like a like a oh. you know the ultimate snake eyes he used to probably justin and, bell and, Thank you. It was Gen Justin. Bell. General's Thank Joe's. You. Yeah, yeah. General's Joe's. Justin. Thank you. Sorry, I can't believe I blanked completely. Anyway, oh, uh, and I totally didn't like... credit him, but I used his uh, heavy water pick from. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So, so that snake guys was used by him as kind of the metric, 
for every modern era Snake Eyes release, he compared it mm. to this guy. And this guy was still an ultimate. And so much so that I actually did start trolling eBay to get my hands on one of these. And already back then, I mean, we're talking about what? What is it? 2007, 2008, around there. It was like big money. It was like $30 for this figure. Oh, um, no. $30 for a vintage Joe. Yeah. Um, and I must say, like, it never blew my hair back enough back then. Um, and lucky for me, a week after that, they announced that other pursuit of Cobra Snake Eyes. I could be wrong with the year. It could be a little bit like a later year, but they removed, they announced that pursuit of Cobra Snake Eyes. And I was just like, all other Snake Eyes are dead to me now. <laughs> As it was with modern era, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll cast mm. these things aside. But I think gems like this are going to find their that way back into, into the public consciousness. People be like, okay, I don't want to chuck chuck in all my vintage for modern stuff or classified. What else can I buy? And this mm. snake eyes, it's a good figure. Um, what is your thought on Venomous Maximus? <laughs> no. So Thala versus Venom. Okay, is that a stinker? But they did no. do. A translucent version that came oh, with Oh, God, the... that's even worse. <laughs> okay, never mind. All right, moving swiftly along. It did come with a venomization chamber, which is a That's cool worth your bio, money. Bio that's piece, worth the yeah. price of admission. That thing's fun. I want that. Mm. More diorama pieces, please. Less fucking that shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I mean, if to you anybody need a like a big for, fan. For Dr. Mindbender's lab... You could do far worse than the venomization chamber, which to anyone listening and not watching, uh, this would be just a kind of a, a capsule with a kind yeah. of control um, station beside it and a nice platform for a figure to stand you make, at. You can make crazy jello shots out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the pod itself looks like a space helmet from like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes. Or like, the, a, yeah. like a really cool Cobra Nort space helmet because it's got a cobra symbol in the front yeah it's good um mm. i'm a big fan of the night attack helicopter but specifically yes. the desert attack helicopter version of it but yeah, let's get into some of these this is your shot hey yeah That's yeah, yeah. i took, yes, I took yeah. a picture of it um backstage once upon a time for my Do blog vlog this thing was no, blog. Your, your your blog this thing was dead to me until you put it on my sites and then i still thought maybe i was like you know you sold it to me if you know what i mean mm. like i was sold on it but when i saw it at your place and it ooh, completely changed my mind on it i love it i tell it's you what cool, sold cool. me on it. because it has mm. got weird rotor blades that have this kind of kink to them but what sold me on it was the features ironically i mean it does have the sound attack garbage but aside from that if you pull the trigger at the back of the helicopter, the props spin, and it's got a helicopter sound effect, which is great. Yeah. It's a nice free-spinning mechanism, a different kind of mechanism to the dragonflies, but just as effective, if not more effective. And then you add the sound to it, and it even has a little light bulb at the front, a little red light that goes on. Mm. Cool. Three people cockpit in the front, troop space in the back, deployable That's what wings. I love. And the mm. deploy deployable wings also have a trigger mechanism that activate them, which discreetly folds up into the belly of the craft so you don't have to have a, a boner sticking out the bottom of your helicopter. <laughs> Any <laughs> but, boner. <laughs> but if you hold down the trigger, the missiles fly out in sequence until the sort of 10 missile rack is, is spent. And that's, 
it's so well engineered, man. It's really good. Mm. You, I love the fact you that it's the fall in love with wagon. the vehicle if you get to to experience that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of the shining examples of the line. I mean, it's the family wagon. You can go. You can take the whole family on a holiday with that thing. It's great. Mm -hmm. You know, you can put the kids in the back, and mom and dad can be in the front, and maybe your aunt. Oh, <laughs> and it's got a winch, but it's got a winch that deploys oh, from the wait, side, kids. the side of the, the the cockpit or the side of the cabin. So it is a rescue winch, as opposed to the tomahawks, which is for sling loading, because you're not going to be able to pull anyone up into the tomahawk. <laughs> This this one is like a rescue winch, as it should be on the side, um, and it's a very very good sort of. Well, it's it's manual. It doesn't have a kind of a um, friction power to it. It's still got a winch. It up, man, that's cool. Wind it in. Perfect. Let's get into some of the stinkers. Firstly, sorry, did you have any that you want to add, Paul? Oh, it just you know nothing too special. And unfortunately, mm. the one picture I keep wanting to upload to this thing doesn't upload. It's annoying. What I loved about Streaming that whole line you. was we got a lot of these like interesting kind of diorama like kind of sets like this, this like ninja battle set or whatever the hell it is. Most of these are like these are not horrible toys to be fair, but they're not amazing. But I love the um like these like weird set pieces. You would get there were quite a few. There was like also like a gun emplacement set and little things like that that sort of appeared that I like uh, that were made for great diorama pieces. And I feel like it would be very like unfair of us not to mention some of the contributions that the Valivus, Venom, and Spy Troops have made to the weapons of G.I. Joe. You know, there's some very good scaled down machine guns, swords, interesting mm. martial arts weapons that actually would later be repurposed as modern era weapons or even yeah. see, see light of day again in, in, in the 50th anniversary, ninja packs and all that kind of stuff, which I, I think that's great. Like, it's cool that that happens. So I'm thankful to to spy trip I hadn't, and, and I hadn't put it stuff. together that that the timber if this is how the snake eyes was presented back in 2005 that timber saw re-release surely mm -hmm. or very close yeah. sculpt to it well mm. I, I just think that the the toy designers here had so much range um that they could get a lot of tooling done for a lot of things and I'm so glad that they got that done because it made the modern era line afterwards better not not just because of the accumulated experience and knowledge, but because of the actual tooling that was already created. And that that's really, really cool. Um, I love that. And then um because I can't get a nice picture of it, but the Rhino, um, not the re-release of the Warthog, oh, which is you're talking about super the direct cool. to consumer. I didn't I didn't consider the direct to consumer stuff because it's not spy troops or valor versus venom. Because that yeah, would absolutely true. rocket to the the top of the pops for me, um, but but I guess but you the, know the what rapid, I'm talking about the one with the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Try yes, and try yeah, and remember okay. the acronym. I I dare you. I double dare. Oh no, dude! I have no idea. It's like rapid helicopter. Rapid in heli integration neutralizing using opponent. No opponent can't do it. The press of vehicle. Um, basically, the GI Joe version of the Colonial Marines a uh, APC, which is like a, whip, a vehicle a I love. Helicopter in the middle. Freaking helicopter, and it's, and it's a fun little helicopter. It's like it's actually not it's, too bad by itself. Yeah. Um, so, like that—that that was something that came sort of in that era that I really love as well. Mm. I think it's a great toy, and um, also just the the like you mentioned earlier with the MCC, lots of re-releases of vintage vehicles kind of coming back with this like weird redeco 
in some of those. Like every now and then, it was like, uh, what is that? Um, I keep wanting to call it the Paralyzer, but it's not the Paralyzer. It's the Mega Marines. Um, the, oh, the Monster Blaster. One. Yeah, the Monster Blaster was like repainted as like, black and as like a Crimson it's Guard. The Battle Android thing. Trooper thing. Yeah, and it was like red and gold and black. But it's cool to have that sculpt. That's a vintage sculpt that's been sort of repurposed for that. I and it was just I feel cool like that might have been an exclusive or club thing. It may have been. It may have been a mm. Toys R Us thing or whatever. But it's just nice that that came in with the line. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> show us the stinkers, Steve. I mean, guys, I, I think this is more like Top of the Pops, right? Because I'm not a big fan of uh, Spy Troops or Bellavis Venom um, generally. So, so well, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's let just like. It. I'm gonna Long. not go for the low-hanging fruits because there's some ugly figures around about this time. I'm just gonna go for things that like are just absolutely heartbreaking toys. They could have been something cool, but there was something dumpy and toy. And how's it, Daniel? Um, and how you don't get more dumpy and toy than, than taking an F117 stealth and just foreshortening the crap out of it so that it is it's this chibi thing they call it the sky sweeper not to be confused with other sky sweepers that came later this is a this is the stealth stealth bomber right the ubiquitous mm -hmm. v-tail very angular nighthawk i think they call it but gi joe saw fit to yeah absolutely they've nunu'd the shit out of this because it is <laughs> i mean if it was plush it would be perfect which is like kids' toy, like it's Dude. very friendly looking, but it's I, I, it's heinous. I, I feel like I have to come clean and say that I almost bought one of these when they repackaged it as a, I think it was a Rise of Cobra, Cobra vehicle. Yeah, yeah, the crimson something. It's, well, it's crimson. it is crimson in color. But I was just GI Joe before, and I was just like, oh my word, this thing's only like fifteen dollars. I want one, and you're like, <laughs> no, and I'm like, okay, and and then like they looked at it, and I was like, oh yes, thank you, Steve. You've lifted my beer goggles. <laughs> And it, it gives birth to a mini craft that drops out of the bottom, I think. <laughs> you load it in from the top and drop it out of the bottom, just like childbirth. Um, I love this. I love this story from Spoon Killer. That's the Wish F-117. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, I want a stealth fighter. We have a stealth fighter at home. The stealth fighter at home. <laughs> I don't have any hands-on experience with this. I probably never will. But I will say this one shining light is that it has better landing gear than a lot of G.I. Joe jets. It mm. looks sturdy and it, you know, it looks like so the wheels would roll nicely. Yeah, it's a good, <laughs> it, well, it's a wacky races kind of like, looks like a jet, but actually it's a car kind of thing. Okay, let's Shit. move on to. You know what the worst part, you know what, you, sorry, Tell Steve, me the worst. you know what the, oh, shit, go back to that Nighthawk rubbish again, sorry, that thing. Yeah. Damn it, man. So you know what makes this thing actually cool? actually oh is if you get a funko pop of like destro or something and you cut its head off and you put it on the top there and then it looks <laughs> like a cute little card racer that could be fun but yes it's crap move along <laughs> or, or move on to some more crap so yeah i wasn't overjoyed with the interpretation of the fang the cobra fang during this era they made the fang three this very rounded thing very short I own one jammed with well so do i no, um, I think we all got excited to have it. Was a Toys R Us dude? I mean, yeah, it was a small class vehicle. Yeah, you could buy multiples if you were so possessed. Um, yeah, 
it could do no harm, I guess. But the fact that they then trotted it out as a G.I. Joe vehicle, as the missile storm, and then again <laughs> as the tiger storm. <laughs> my God. It's, I tell you a funny story about this. Can I give you a funny story about this uh, for you, the listeners, or viewers? So I'll guys, be the judge of that. I was working retail and I couldn't get out to the shops on a weekend. And one of my customers had said, oh, my God, because he knew I was a fan of G.I. Joe. He's like, oh, my God, they got G.I. Joe's at Toys R Us. I naturally got very excited. I was like, oh, my word. He's like, yeah, him and his boots have like bought a few. And they like got these two packs and they're only like 50 ran. And like it was not bad. And they got some vehicles. And I was like, shit, that's amazing. That's like really, really cool. So I asked my mom. I'm like, mom, please, can you go on a mission for me to go like to Toys R Us and just phone me and just take some photos or something with your phone just so I can just sort of see what they're like. Would you mind picking up some for me? And my mom's like, you know what? Actually, no problem because my mom's cool like that. And she knows like G.I. Joe is just like the kryptonite. So she knew it. I mean, I was, yeah. Anyway, she gets there and she's like looking at them. She's taking photos of them. And she, and this is, you know, sometimes when they say mother knows best, my mom picks up this vehicle, which I never saw. I never actually saw this thing on the pegs and picked it up myself. She grabbed it for me. She's like, yeah, they got a helicopter thing here and like a Jeep thing and like some guys. And I'm like, have they got a storm shadow and a snake eyes and that kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, please grab that. She's like, there's a Baroness or some. I'm like, yeah, grab that. That's amazing. That's cool. And then she's like, they got this helicopter, but it's quite cuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm, like, quite I'm shit. like, oh, yeah. Parents, you know, parents are like, they think all your toys are shit. My mom's like, no, this, I'm like, yeah, mom, like, I know, but I think it's cool. And she's like, really, Paul? Because this is actually quite shit, but fine. Fuck it. I'll buy it. Yes, this is my mom over the phone. She's like, I'll buy it. Anyway, I got home and I'm like, I opened it. I looked at this, looked at my mom. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is cuck. And she's like, well, you're going to pay me back anyway. So, mm -hmm. but even mom knew it was yeah. shit. That'll so teach you to go toy hunting blind. I mean, yeah, yeah famous right. last words. Can you, can you describe it over the phone, mom? Yeah, right. Uh, it okay. looks good. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, carry on. Let's, 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 there's something that doesn't get spoken of much at all. And that was an initiative around about this time, which the Valor versus Venom cartoon film reminded me of. And that's a lot of the Joes came with these included wrist communicator things, mm. which had like clips to put knives in. You could holster a weapon. Those were fun. <laughs> they were too chunky for their purpose they were too chunky like they would not screen accurate because you know it should be something that's flush against your your wrist but they wanted to to, to go for the double and have it have a dual purpose as a a holster so what you're gonna holster two knives and a pistol <laughs> or no two pistols in fact and a knife what are you the predator to your wrist it, it just the idea seemed half-baked to me and so mm. those were absolutely draw fodder. I never put them on my figures' wrists. Um, they could have been something. They really just were a non-starter. I think I cut those clips off the side on one of them. I did. Yeah, so with then the, just have like the, the, a box on your figures' wrist. Yeah, because it looked like a communicator. That was the thing. But I think, but they kept falling off, which is also really irritating as well. So yeah, I've got snake eyes. Snake eyes with it good. Mm. No, snake eyes wears it well. If given the option to not have it, I wouldn't have it. <laughs> anyway, as I say, half-baked. But let's end off with real stink. And that's what did they do to my boy? The his oh, tank of this era. Horrifying. 
I bought one of these as a curiosity and I got it for $5. <laughs> I got it for $5. If you're unsure of what we're referring to, yeah. His, particularly his released in 2005, find that and despair because it's just so gimmicky. It's like, what is it? Is it an ice machine? <laughs> is it a snow corn maker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. just we don't need to speak ridiculous. on this any further. Yeah, it's shit. Move right along. It, it absolutely is. Conrad Turner asks us: Do you plan on making shows with the classic GI Joes? Sorry, with the classified six-inch GI Joes. And when making your movies, how do you come up with the concepts? First part, second. Um, the concepts basically are born of boredom. Um, sitting at departure lounges or sitting on set um, with time on my hands and dreaming up what vehicles I wanted to clatter together. However, in some cases, the inspiration comes from a track of music that Paul creates. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, this would be a kick-ass well, sequence. Absolutely, Paul. That's how that Bad Luck Lady hear, came man. about. I was like, I have these just a handful of figures. I'm kind of traveling a lot in China What's my point of departure? Well, the point of departure was hearing that bad luck lady tune that you crafted called The Crane. Yeah, that's The Crane, yeah. Stunning. That's... And Thanks, man. Then I knew. Then I, I was set in motion as to what I wanted to do. I just wanted to see Jinx stalking through a Chinese city after dark. And, uh, hey. and I love it. It's one of my absolute favorite play motions as well. So mm. That's cool. Uh, but um, the second part, so why don't we do six-inch classified playmotions? Because I don't own any. Basically, Well, I own one, courtesy of my buddy Range Viper Rob, who saw fit to get me off to the best start, and that was getting me the double zero. Yeah. Very generously. Yeah, the, the first cool classified. Um, and that, I feel like, is a high-water mark that I don't need to then keep plunging into the depths that is that's classified figure enough for me it's brilliant but you know i'll answer not as, my jam as, as uh one of two of us that have a lot of classified joes um maybe i said too much um i try to do a little bit of play motion in the reviews um i've been that's what i've been experimenting with lately um but it is a little bit harder and i'll, I'll tell you why the scale the figures being six inch uh, makes it harder to create that um, sense of disbelief, if you know what I mean. That like, it's harder to get the scaling right. I find at least, you know, like you're leaves... probably more pressured to make things look as realistic as possible because yeah. all of a sudden the faces are so expressive and real. Brick There's fiction, a lot more thank age... you, man. You were you just oh, name dropped you. It, that there was some good six inch action in the last backyard production. That's we right. Can't... We can't claim that necessarily. Backyard International Backyard is is a, a compilation of everyone's clips, I mean, as, as you know. Um, I think it was Cody's section where he showcased Flint facing off in brutal combat with a battle android trooper. And that and just prompts me to say that I think the best work in that filmmaking is being done by others. I think of yeah. Mike the Hunter. I think of Data Link's Magnus. Yes, and actually, a good slew ones. of other creators who are working mm. with six-inch figures and doing incredible work that is really kind of like 
it's a step up from what we do, which and Hans, yeah, let's not forget how great Hans's uh oh, contribution was as well. But well, those were modern they, era figures, weren't they? they but still, sexy. yeah, they were, but just you know, Hans's Hans does great play motion. Elevated um, into a more thing. realistic approach is, is, I suppose, how I would describe Hans and you know the other guys that I mentioned. Mm. The other thing with um, with the classified figures is that, like, here's the, so here's where classifieds benefit greatly uh, for play motion over like vintage and modern era. There's a lot more resources for one to six scale, one to twelve scale um, dioramas accessories, props. Um, there's a lot more guys creating that stuff because there's a lot of people that have, you know, there, there's a huge, um, uh, what's the word? Um, there's a lot of toy photographers who have already started taking photos of Marvel Legends figures and Star Wars and Black Series figures. And so there's a lot of props and stuff available out there, you know, whether you can get it 3D printed, whether you, you know, get like cardboard stuff that you can buy from like Big Bag Toy Store, those extreme sets. Um, even in Japan, there's tons of like one to twelve scale like weapons, armories, weapon racks. There's a lot of that stuff happening, um, which really actually makes play motion a lot easier in some respects for that scale. It's just a matter of accumulating and acquiring that stuff. And I kind of feel like you know that's that's something that I mean I still want to try it, but I don't feel like I'd be able to do cool big battles the way that we've done them with the vintage stuff, where it's classified as more intimate. Like how Mike the Hunter has done his stuff, although he does kick some serious ass with like the scope of his his play motions. So it's weird. It's got yeah, like the way he that's another the figures. Thing. And and also like it would be cool to start seeing Hasbro like include fists as interchangeable hands. That would definitely make stuff like play motion a lot more fun because it's, it's so much cooler to punch somebody with a fist than to punch them with the trigger finger. That kind of stuff is just a little bit. That's that suspension of disbelief that sometimes or the C grip from, or the C grip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this higher toy snake eyes comes with a fist, which is great. Um, pictured mm. here, you know, and higher toys that's being cool. a four inch figure, four inch figure, exactly. Figures, but anyway, um, I think there's a lot of range for classified figures in terms of play motion. I just Steve hasn't got a lot of them, and yeah. I do, so I'll try to put them in my in my reviews or in my my chats with them. As it is already done, some, I've I've shot some cool ones, and it kind of it looks great when you get them to like hold guys and stuff. Anyway, I've had some fun with them, so good. I'm sure them good, good. soon. Now uh, we have a question from Hyperion three three zero. Discuss the Holy Grails of GI Joe aircraft, the Sky Raven, and the Night Boomer, which. I, I think we touched on the Skyraven certainly in our um, tier list not too mm. long ago. Uh, so if you want to check that out, please, by all means, uh, yes, you'll find it under the, the, the playlist on the G.I. Joe Book channel mm. for tier lists or just search 1991 European catalog tier list. We should probably be the, the first hit. Um, but let's talk about the Night Boomer. Paul, have you had any interest in picking up this jet? Mm, long ago i kind of thought it was cool because it was black and mm -hmm. it had glow in the dark stickers or at least i thought they were glow in the dark i think they are and then i found out how much it cost and then my interest just died right there and then <laughs> no um i don't think the night boomer is like 
that particularly great, like like over a Sky Striker, for example. I don't know. Or just particularly that great. I don't know. But no, to answer your question, no, I haven't had any experience. I've had very little desire for one. Hmm. You? Uh, it's 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 a Sky Striker with a Night Raven color palette. So it has my interest as a kind of a Joe Night Fighter. But those are kind of colors, man. And it flies itself, man. I mean, Charbroil's there. <laughs> what the hell's he doing? <laughs> what the hell is he doing there? CQ, CQ. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, he does look damn cool in Ace's position. He does. Yeah. So, reminds me of Dragnet. Dub, 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 dub. Discuss it. Well, there's a lot to like about it. Anything in black looks cool. Generally, um, yeah. the the red, however, does push it into the cobra side of things. So I would probably want to faction swap this and have it just enter the field of play as this confusing moment. Like the Joes are like, but that's that's a sky striker. It's got cobra symbols on it. It's like, whoa, watch out. They've got our own jets, man. Like faction swapping is is cool. I I'm a proponent of it. Um I don't think it detracts. I don't think like it's cool if it's if it's worked into the plot. Like if this was a stolen sky striker that then mm. Cobra gassied up and cobrified to learn its secrets and then also kind of deploy it as this I don't know, this joker in the deck. They've got a cobra behind the the stick of um Giadra's venerable master of the skies. Um but the price is prohibitive and I will never own one. I don't think I'll do you, um, do you think I, I I wonder, like, you know, you mentioned now Cobra Colors, and I can't believe I've never, like, thought about that before, ever, and looking at this thing. Do you think that maybe that this was kind of, like, like Hasbro's first sort of foray or dip into maybe giving Cobra a Sky Striker? And so maybe they did this, and then somebody in the marketing team at Hasbro, most likely Mr. Bajigian, and turned around and looked at this and went, no, you can't give Cobra that jet at all. And then they had to scramble and kind of rejig it to be a G.I. Joe vehicle. I would I would love to hear what the story is behind the conception of this vehicle. If it's just straightforward, like, yeah, let's just make another one in black and make it glow-in-the-dark stickers, then yeah, I, I'll accept that. But I wonder if there's more to it. I kind of feel like there's more to it. Maybe I just want there to be more to it because I'm a fan of the toys, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate and go the other way and say there's there's really nothing more to it than, like, we need to put out an exclusive wave of vehicles for Toys R Us as our sort of chief distributor. Let's, Let's just take a whole bunch of vehicles and make them black because black will sell. Like, Tiger Force is a bit iffy, but we know that kids love, like, cool black jets, tanks. Like, it's all night based and, and sneaky so I, I don't know if they realized what they were doing by making mm. a black triple t and a black whale and they basically were like this is actually cobra's color palette particularly mm. with the red if the accents were done in a gray Blue or green or, or something or glow in the dark mm, would have been glow in the dark missiles that would have black been and red specifically 
Joe vehicles just do not spring to mind. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to have one. I, I would never will. Um, it's not something that I prioritize over and above a new thing like Cobra Mothership, which probably is the same cost. <laughs> I don't know what the, the, the value of a, a Night Boomer is currently, but it's a lot. Then we have um, the question that I really wanted to get onto more than anything else. And uh, my man Paul has ducked out for a sec, so I'm going to take the stage solo style. Um, and that is how all different G.I. Joe generations mix in with each other. This is from Professor Galileu. And my initial blush with this question was, okay, he's referring to the different like eras of G.I. Joe, 12-inch, then A.R.A., then New Sculpt, then 25th, then P.O.C., then Classified. But I think what he's actually getting at and the question, the more interesting question that I want to talk about is how, well, it's linked to the toys, obviously, but how the different age ranges interact with each other. So how do I interact with someone who came into G.I. Joe with the original posable fighting man, the 12-inch Joe? Um, how does a classified collector interact with me? And I must first just recuse myself and say like I'm starting to feel more and more fuddy-duddy and out of touch with the toy line which I know and love so much um, while I am still in good company a lot of us are still o-ring aficionados and diehards till till we die many of us <laughs> have adopted the classified thing and and more than that the classified era has brought many people back into the fold of G.I. Joe. Mm. How many people collected Joe up until the classified and have that continuity? And how many people are modern toy collectors who've always dabbled in the 12 inch range or 12, one to 12 scale range. And now that G.I. Joe is, has come into that, that fold. Now they've jumped back into Joe. They're like, Joe was my jam, but stopped collecting the little guys when I, you know, grew out of them. But now that they make them in the scale that I collect, I'm back, baby. Joe's my jam again. Um, and I feel out of touch with these guys because these guys love multiple hands and blast effects and yeah, see, I'm that guy. Sorry. I find those are just draw fodder. I'm like, give me one standard figure. Don't make me have to concern myself with switching out heads and hands and blast effects. These things are ephemeral to the play i want a rugged toy that's ready to go not sit there doing part swaps with my draw of like i see how people sort their heads they've got just like cases of like this is the head slot this is the left hand slot this is the right hand slot they've just got a sea of parts i'm like oh what a headache as if like accessory overload wasn't enough now you've got like body parts I, anyway, so that's I'm just so my knee-jerk I'm, yeah. I'm old. I am old school, man. Yeah, okay. I get that, but... Um, and I'm so Seriously, sorry, guys. I feel, I, very, to... I feel very out of touch. I feel like I'm becoming more and more estranged. So that's how I'm interacting with, with the current generations of G.I. Joe collectors. I'm not... I'm, I'm slowly fading into, into obscurity and irrelevance. Oh, dear. I have the strangest relationship with um, 
the classified GI Joes in that I was very much like lukewarm on them. Uh, like I enjoyed some of them for what they were, but I, but I've only now really starting to really like them a lot. Um, so much so that I, I'm, I have to be careful now because I'm kind of like getting a bit of FOMO on some releases and I have to be very careful with that because that's, that's a dangerous, um, path to find myself done. But I know that I'm really enjoying that line because I'm missing a mind bender and a serpentor. Like that is a big thing for me. And I'm, and I'm going to try and get my hands on one of those. And the vamp news was like very exciting. It, 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 it hit the right buttons for me and that was really Do cool. Do they so, still sell Mindbender and Serpy, uh, that Singapore uh, retailer that I pointed you to? They do. They do. Mm. Um, just have to um, <laughs> take plans. Yeah, other factors. Yeah, Divert some other factors. funds away from the bloody home loan. Yeah. And all that stuff. Um, yeah, I do want Mindbender. I mean, dude, Mindbender is also important to me because it's kind of an avatar for me as well in some respects because of the play motions. And I do his voice. It's a fun character. And uh, earlier we were talking about what I, I, where do you get ideas for like play motions? And Mindbender is just in my head. Mindbender, I don't want to share any of this because A, I don't want the gratification for it now. And B, I don't want to give anybody the idea. But Mindbender is in my head quite a lot. Uh, for like things that I'd like to try and do with play motion. So mm. yeah, I, I kind of dig him. He's kind of a bit of a weird muse in that respect. Um I mean also chuckles. I'd love to get the chuckles when he comes up. Uh anyway, where I kind of draw the line is the exclusive stuff personally. That's where I feel like I'm that that's a Joe fandom that I'm not sort of on the same level with. Three zero, uh Mezco, not feeling that stuff. Um, and I'm actually still sort of formulating my opinions on the Destro that I have to, to discuss it properly, but I, I'm not there. So I kind of feel like classified as becoming like a good middle ground for that in a lot of ways. Anyway, I don't want to go into that too much because I'm also kind of picking up stompies. <laughs> I had to go to the water closet. I'm sorry. And I didn't want to risk taking my headphones with the mic on and then, you know, treat everybody oh, to. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that would have been so good, internet. Hey, okay. all peeing on the internet. Anyway, carry oh, on. We we have unfinished business. Oh, I, I just also want to kind of punctuate um, Professor Galileo's question about different generations of GI Joe fans interacting with each other by saying, like, is it just me, or did all the drama start when, like, dedicated one to twelve inch or one twelve scale? Uh, collectors and channels started weighing in on our beloved toy line like mm. there's some rather serious battle lines drawn and smack talk and like i'm not here for the drama i mean no, it's amusing but sometimes it gets a little bit much and i need to step away from it but like maybe i'm looking through rose tinted glasses but i i don't know if that stuff existed before classified series i think it has mm. brought in the Star Wars and Marvel Legends, uh, well, the good guys, but also a few, a few of the rabble, a few of the, the shit stirrers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I love this um, from like Spoon uh, Spoon Killer, purple pants and codpiece, Paul. Mm-hmm. You're a Bender fan. I'll start to get concerned if Paul starts wearing a monocle in the shows, only to have Brick Fiction respond with. 
that would be epic that would be epic i'm here for it yeah i'm dude. down for the two like and grow i'm mr a, a peanut twirly, grow a twirly <laughs> mustache i know you can yeah Probably a I'm better one than mine mine's a bit too extreme anyways in in coming days i'll be shaping mine to a very shakespearean look for a production of the oh. tempest yeah yeah so that's Dot. what all this is for when doing Dot. shakespeare grow thy beard <laughs> grow thy beard son yes 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 <laughs> guys we have unfinished business we've been itching to talk about a cartoon or two for a long time now um paul you want to do the greenhouse effect or do you want to do i will uh, do my least favorite sumbo show <laughs> my okay. least favorite sumbo episode uh God, really the greenhouse yeah effect. I, I hate it man like you do it's it's mm. not that the episode's bad i have my own issues with it um it is it is actually quite frightening for me so i'm not a big fan of vegetables i'm still a big oh child. no is that what it is you have this deep-seated just, fear yeah man it just grosses me out with all of these like <laughs> giant pumpkins and cabbage and it's just nasty and then oh no it's like you can anyway. smell the fresh produce yeah no i i don't love that episode but it's a it's a fun premise though uh so this uh, do you want to give us the premise this, yeah yeah so this scientist invents this like super fuel or whatever's rocket then fuel. gets rocket fuel it's a super fuel yeah it's also rocket fuel that then gets stolen by cobra well is it yeah it is no it's destro mm. no Cobra. Anyway, Cobra it's steals it. It's a crimson god, in fact. It's a crimson guardsman, yeah. And it's pretty rad. Like, I like this is something that is cool about this episode, is you're seeing Cobra work like this like cloak and dagger stuff and this really great spy happening. And this um this guy kind of blundered it and it ends up in this uh strange town. Or not a strange town, it's pretty you know, normal, <laughs> probably no, it's pretty normal sort of American Midwest American town, I imagine. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it sort of combines with a weird fertilizer and it creates the, becomes this like super grow. And then it accelerates the growth of all the plants and vegetables and everything, which um, Destro, and I love Destro for this, he sees the opportunity in weaponizing it. And so, yeah, uh, but before that happens, uh, they do an extensive search to try and find this uh, missing canister. And I love it because here we got Crimson Guards and Cobra Crimson officers. Crimson Guards uh, in the community. In the community, in Civis, trying to sell magazine subscriptions, you know, which I like, <laughs> take survey um, kind of situation. And I love that. And it was cool to see Cobra operate like that. Like, the cartoons don't really do that anymore. Like, bad guys are so obvious and so obviously doing bad guy things. So it's cool to see them sort of working in a very clandestine cloak and dagger kind of situation. Anyway, fast forwarding, um, you know, they do kind of find it. They find what's going on. Destro sees the potential of this thing. And then hilarity ensues as Destro then tries to make it work for him. And, oh, God, then we have giant vegetables everywhere. <laughs> Paul is being triggered. My goodness. I'm being triggered. I mean, giant bananas, and that's all good. I'm fine with the fruits. It's just the veg. I mean, okay, that's a bit obscene. That is, thank you, internet. That's a great shot, actually. If that's just should have used that for the thumbnail. Um, anyway, so yeah. So it is a um, shot of the um I, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who 
thinks that his vegetables are being grown by his growth formula when it's actually the rocket fuel he goes to the state fair and is touting his gigantic fruits and vegetables and then a banana just explodes on him yes because you know bananas explode on people they do that uh no subtext whatsoever uh (laughs) but this is a good episode because I mean, obviously, G.I. Joe comes in. They thought they saved the day. There's a few food puns thrown around here just for good measure because, hey, it's a cartoon. Why not? And, but in conclusion, like, what I think makes this episode so great and so interesting, and and I, and that's the thing. I can separate myself from this. I think it's a good episode. It's just an episode I don't like. We see two different types of evils going on here. We see, um, oh, and oh, let's not forget about barbecue being in the, freaking dragonfly that's just magic anyway continue your um, thought though paul i'm just gonna go through uh, the, the images yeah, on the slideshow so i love the fact that you got cobra once again being cobra trying to use uh you know something to take over the world with again destro sees the potential and stuff you got the competition and cobra happening and then you got the competition happening in this town and uh, how crazy people actually are about that and it's just cool to show that like you know even the good people let's call it the innocence they still like you know for lack of better words decades you know as well you know and can be and it's good to kind of i like that gi joe's kind of played that way in this episode and that the joes are ultimately coming in to save things and try to hopefully stop this madness from happening in the city and once again it's another i feel it's another like sort of commentary on like capitalism <laughs> because not that I, and, and I think I'm not saying that you know there was agendas and stuff, but I think it is kind of it is trying to make a joke of capitalism and, and stuff as well in some respect. Also, well, some highlights yes for and this no. Episode. I mean, they could have mm. they could have monetized it. I mean, they can cure yeah, they world could've. hunger with these giant fruits and vegetables. No, nah, and, and make use make giant cabbages kill people. Like no, instead they just weaponize them and like we're going to rain terror down on Chicago of all places. Of all places, um, <laughs> like. Like if they did this in Africa, like oh, people everyone would worship flock, they flock to the worship veggies and, and and start a nice big salad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be amazing. But some highlights for this as well. Just I love seeing Air Tight in an episode. I love seeing barbecue in an episode, and uh, Air Tight's doing what Air Tight does, which is good. Barbecue's not doing what barbecue does. He's just kind of alone for the ride, which is fun. I'm um, thrilled that they use Air Tight as the the science buff because it mm. gives him more function than just being this sort of CBR trooper. Um, and it's certainly a, it's a better fit for him than for doc who, since he didn't have anyone to stitch up, uh, he was the kind of the, the crazy scientist, like in weather dominator using this kind of mm. reflectors to channel the energy and then zap it back. I'm like, eh, he's a doctor. <laughs> I mean, he's smart, but like, yeah. Having Airtight play the, as I say, the resident um, uh, boff coming up with a kind of basically like defoliant, Agent Orange, when he comes up mm. with this thing that, that that destroys vegetative matter. Great. And your taste buds and uh, ability to reproduce and other, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. And they um, deploy it through the air. They basically like seed it. Like it's, yeah, it's bad news. I hope they've... Um, 
they've uh, they've they've evacuated Chicago. But Cujo would have actually had a field day with this episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, it's Cujo will be back. Yeah. I think he's coming on on episode three hundred three. We hope. Nice. Um, yeah, let's hold out the hopes for that. My favorite aspect of this, and and it's got very little to do with the plots actually, but it has some incredible vehicle action. A sequence, a helicopter sequence between um, the big bad Destro and the Dragonfly is is unparalleled, I find. Mm. Like, the Fang has this ability to fire a missile out of its butt, which, Who knew? which the Dragonfly squarely avoids, but then they get alongside him, blast him, the Fang's stricken, and then just to add insult to injury, Barbecue pops out of the canopy and hoses Destro down mm -hmm. with retardant. It's like, I'm going to put out your fire, but I'm also going to knock out your controls. I mean, he doesn't actually say that, but you, we all thought. He should. <laughs> yeah. Destro then fires a wrist rocket, which is a grapple, wraps himself around the, the dragonfly skid, swings up, <laughs> and avoids the, the props somehow, <laughs> knocks barbecue out of the cockpit, and then decks while Bill And doesn't hard. spill his beer. <laughs> Doesn't spill the rocket fuel. Either. Yeah, I it mean, also has his another, rocket fuel, like another commendable aspect is showing the dissension between Cobra Commander and Destro. Like mm. Cobra Commander finds it so preposterous what Destro's plan is to weaponize fruits and vegetables that he throws Destro in prison. He throws him in the brig. Mm. He's like, Destro, you're crazy. Have some time in solitary confinement to think about it. You know, basically, it's like. That is pretty extreme to take Destro, mm. manhandle him, chuck him in prison, like cool off Destro. Clearly, there is serious power that Cobra Commander actually wields to mm. do that to his number two. You know, he he would quickly lose that in a, a later season. But man, this is a, just a great moment, and I think it, it often gets ignored. The Cobra Commander does have power over his subordinates. Again, the conflict between within Cobra and then also sort of juxtaposed with the conflict between the people with the competition and, and the guy trying to be all, you know, keep his secrets and whatever with his gross formula gross formula and being highly paranoid. I like those kind of parallels that were happening there. Cool. Was this episode inspired by Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Paul, this is another horror Maybe. that you would probably be terrified of. Yeah, I but assume that had an earlier release date. Was that like nineteen eighty three? I think so. But at least on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, one of the tomatoes actually uses nunchaku. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, but that's that's actually, that's also... Mm -mm. Can't, mm, no. Bad, mm. bad news for Paulie. So mm. if you were to rate this, what would you give it, my man? The greenhouse effect? Oh, can I just it's... also say, the Joes are dicks in this episode. <laughs> Total dicks. Total <laughs> dicks. Did you check in the beginning, like, when... When the scientist is trying to explain his rocket fuel and barbecue just like swipes his clipboard like hey and then i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna explain your own story then yeah, i'm gonna mansplain it to you they laugh at this poor janitor who actually that was is a cobra commander and and hands their asses to them i'm like take that gi joe yeah kick their asses hubris bro hubris exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I, this Crimson Guardsman kicks their ass in the most proficient fashion. I mean, he's he's getting people stuck in 
buckets and, uh, that, that buckets and pails, <laughs> like pails, fighting yeah. them with with his mop, swinging from the bloody light fixture for what seemed like a long time. That was unnecessary. That was just Baz just showing off. Does cartoon. like a a double gainer <laughs> out off. the window, <laughs> smashes yeah. Alpine into bazooka. Then like proceeds to like slide down a mountain face and they go tumbling after him, like how they didn't kill themselves. I don't know. But yeah, they, they the Joes are very mean to the common man. Yeah. And it's gonna come back and bite them in the butt because as it was poised posited on another G.I. Joe com- uh, podcast, uh, knowing is half the podcast, um, the guy they make fun of at the end, the sort of the dude who uh makes the super grow. They tease him mm. by uh, airtight, puts on a, a cutout of a, a corn cob, and sneaks up behind him, gives him a, a fright. That dude is going to straight up serial killer them. Yeah, he, oh, no, he's, totally. He's bad news, man. I mean, airtight has basically created pants. a... <laughs> You've made a very big enemy that day, my friend. <laughs> and he is not. He is. He's and he, absolutely and he, yeah, certifiable. He's yeah, definitely. What's Alpine mm-hmm. doing there? He's there, you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the, that CG looks a bit like a Scooby villain, a villain, villain, villain. Nice one, guys. Yeah, that's true. He does look very much like. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you kids and your damn dog and your stupid dog. Well, so. I uh, I appreciate the um, everyman nature of the Crimson Guardsman because mm. thinning hair, a little bit thick set. But he still kicks G.I. Joe's ass bad. So it's yeah, it, it's it, it's one for the for the everyman and one for the Crimson Guardsman. Of course, we got some svelty ones coming up as the sort of the the um, undercover, you know, the guys that kind of go in to look for the, the the rocket fuel in what appears to be the biggest concentration of greenhouses in the United States, wherever this mm. town is. Like it's just greenhouse city. They do a wide shot. About mm. dozen, a dozen greenhouses in one neighborhood, um, but yeah, like they've got a, a crimson guardsman, female, blonde hair. They've got a guy who's in disguise as a, a, a hobo, like knocking on mm. doors. Very cool, very cool showcasing of how the crimson god operates. Smart writing, thank you very much. So you asked me what I would give this. Um, mm. I'm going to come in a little strong, actually. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Because it's a totally absurd plot and concept, but what ties it together are very serious things, like very cleverly written things, like you just mentioned now. Like seeing how the CGs operate um, is very cool. Um, strong character dynamics, uh, good fight scenes that are going on in the show. It's just it's a fun show to watch. Um, and it's got quite a few acts, actually. I mean, it doesn't all play out in the town, it plays out in the town and in Chicago, uh, before the town, the town, uh, Chicago. Um, and then we got the whole dichotomy between uh, Cobra Commander and, and Destro, that kind of thing. So I feel like it's got a lot. It's a lot more interesting to me than, um, you know, cavemen killing teams oh, at yeah. the end of the episode. Night yeah. day. So I'm also going to give it a four, like out, of four out of five. Yeah. And uh, the awkward shot that I think it was Spoon Killer was referring to. Bananarama. Oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to describe that for anyone listening along. Um, but yeah, Alpine's buried his head in Crimson God 9's crotch. Um, it's a it's an awkward moment for all involved. 
That could only be awkward if Alpine didn't use his hands. <laughs> Hanging on for dear life. Oh, shit. That's Less great. Teeth. That's um, the old ninja okay. move, says Spoon Killer. Sorry, carry on. Um, um, I don't know if I want to talk about Homecoming Parts 1 and 2. Without Rob. Without Rob, because he mm. tends to shine a little bit more of a favorable light on G.I. Joe Renegades. And it is a mm. two-part, and I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a lengthy cartoon to try and get our mm. teeth stuck into. Also, it is a Christmas-themed episode. So maybe it's something we should shelve until Christmas. Maybe. So once again, I think I think we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kick this can... this can a little bit further down the road. And should we talk a little bit about new shit, Paul? I do want to talk about new shit, but just before we there do that, go. what's gonna be our next Thunbow animated uh, show that we're gonna watch? Uh, an, an animated episode. All down the heavens, I believe, which is okay, the one cool. so... uh, in the north of the Northern Lights. Um. Baroness Ooh. is in disguise. Yes. Yeah, I know. Blackface. That's, that's uh yeah, that's that's an episode. So yeah, just to give the, <laughs> the viewers a chance to actually watch that episode uh before mm. we do the before we do it, so that you know they can jump in on the conversation and, and be more involved with that. Uh, that but our be next great, comic book read will be issue mm. eleven. No, sorry, oh. oh issue ten. It's issue ten. A nice That's little the... town like ours. Welcome to Springfield. Yes. Scarlet walking, looking very pleased with herself on the cover. Um, very cool. All right. Yeah. New so shit. So now, now you guys know. New shit. New shit. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, I feel sheepish going first, but I will go first. Whatever. Oh, okay. Brick Fiction. I'm so sorry, pal. You've enjoyed watching the Renegade episode. Well, ugh. me too. And I think we're going to enjoy it with Rob's commentary. I'm sorry, Brick Fiction, but it would be cool to get Rob's commentary on this one, definitely. But it's sorry, good to I... know that you enjoyed it. I Yeah. The writing on that show is is excellent. It's very satisfying. It's very set-up, payoff. It's clever. It's witty. Mm. Um, there's not much to detract me from it other than it's not of the kind of flavor that I want. But they were getting there. They just... Never got there, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad right. you enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it too, but we'll be, be uh, delving more into that next time. I don't want to say too much yet, man. Like mm. I, I don't want to I don't want to spill my opinion here because yeah. Oh, handsome head injury has a good question. Uh, are you guys going to cover the Transformers cartoon episodes that have GI Joe connections, Old Snake, etc.? I'd love to show those to uh, Paul and Rob. I don't know if you guys have seen them. I have seen them. I would oh, love yeah. to watch that again. It's been a while. It's been a while. I, I could actually do with watching those again. Um, I need to double check the release dates of them because uh, that's season three, so it would be 86. So they would more mm. more dovetail with our rewatch once we get into the second season. But if memory serves, it deals with first season characters like Lady J and Flint mm. so, or and their, and their offspring. Um, yes. Uh, Dash. No, what's that? Uh, something Fairborn. Anyway, they did the the toy, the toy pack uh, as well. Something like Clarissa, Marissa, mm. Marissa Fairborn. Yeah. Anyway, we will definitely do it. That's a great shout and props. Perhaps something we need to make its own episode for. It's just to. I think so. Yeah. Give it a, a, a stage. Thank you for the suggestion. Maybe we'll do that next time. Um, Paul, cool. I've been cool. Back to you. you. Give me some new shit. Okay, so so new stuff. So um. I treated myself to some new toys. Uh, 
mm. uh, recently. Okay, but this one's kind of bought as an experiment. So I got myself one of these. I don't know why the picture's not showing. I got myself a Higher Toys um, Snake Eyes because I wanted to see what it was all about. I've never had a Higher Toys figure before. I've always been interested. A G.I. Joe seemed like a good jumping on point. I also really loved, like, I like this design for Snake Eyes, but I don't love the classified execution of him. Uh, but I, and I don't want to say too much here, but I do appreciate that at least he doesn't have half his, of his abs cut away the way that the classified version does. Anyway, this is a great figure. And I, uh, like a few, about an hour or so after this uh, episode, uh, after we did a live, I'm going to put these up as like shorts. I've done like, like a collection of my thoughts in one minute, which I'll be mm. releasing over the next couple of days. Um, they are my first blush appearances. So I am expecting a lot of, feedback um but I, I kind of wanted to experience this figure with everybody else so yeah so i i got this dude and there's some things i have to say and i might have quite a bit more to say as i play with the, this toy more and more but uh mostly quite impressive so nice one higher toys very cool got that um i got I i'm sorry and again unfortunately my images are not loading up here but i will show a few of them up on the camera Streamio so does not like HEIC files. So set your phone annoying. to do JPEGs. So I've got um, I got some classified Joes in. So I got this awesome low light, uh, which I'm also dying to talk about um, and give him his actual time in the sun. But yeah, man, like classified, I, I did good for this bunch of classified. This is stuff that I've been like sort of stockpiling in BBTS for a while now. So I mean, mm. Shipper came out a while ago. I got Chippy. He's he's so cool uh, with his uh, pistolero. Well, pistole, however you want to look at it. The musket. Blunderbuss. Uh, but people Blunderbuss. probably remind me it's a percussion pistol. Yeah, so there's all that, but I love that it's double barreled. This is cool. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff to say about Shipwreck. Did um, you also, know that the intention behind the original accessory is that it's double barreled as well. Oh, well, that's cool to know because now it you know. makes it more badass. Guys? Do not underestimate this toy. This what is, is that toy? This is a snow serpent, dude. The mm -hmm. classified snow serpent is badass. Like, I love how like you can pile on his gear and it looks good. It looks good with his gear piled on him. Like it doesn't look awkward, like a backpack with like a with like a zit of a you know something on it. This looks really cool. I'm really happy with this. Um so and and I I was I was very on the fence about the snow serpent because I wasn't quite in love with the pictures because I love the snow serpent like the actual unit I mean who doesn't love a snow serpent they're great and um, the toy that surprised me the absolute most that came in this uh, bunch was bazooka oh my god this guy's so great just he's just plain Jane is all hell but man well executed like. This is a great bazooka. Look at these cool, like, um, rockets, you know, that it comes with all the, the ammo. So, like, it's got some custom paint. Oh, he's just great. Like, and I don't, I'm not even, like, the biggest bazooka fan, although I must say Fisherman bazooka has kind of gotten me into liking bazooka a lot more these days. But, yeah, this guy's great. And just, I've got, I'm happy I got some great new toys, some, some cool um, classifieds in my life. Yeah, and, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's it. It's not, like, a little bit. It's a lot of cool shit. It's just that I've managed to accumulate it over time and then eventually had to like ship it through BBTS. So yay. And then behind me, my girlfriend, my girlfriend and my parents got me this awesome shelf. 
which is behind me and i've got another one in the lounge and that's just to keep my toys together so this is great because now it's allowed me to start bringing some of my cool stuff from my parents home into my home and i'm going to show you one last little thing and i've actually saved the best till last so hmm. on my actual birthday um so i don't know if you guys know about my cat uh, i've got this cat called phantom that's adopted us and his little brother is the one here on the left that's jerry and what happened is the owner actually got hold of us on my birthday she knocked on the door and she's like and she looked very sad and she's like hey um yeah we're gonna be moving soon so i'm like thinking oh damn man like now phantom's gonna go with you because you know phantom's not actually my cat Mm -hmm. and i'm like phantom's gonna go with you now and i thought okay maybe this is her like giving me a chance to get some closure and to say goodbye to the cat you know and then she's like would you like to adopt them i was like yes so wow i've adopted phantom and jerry lovely they're hey, my congratulations, cats paul yay creature comforts very important yeah good oh and they didn't have to cool split cat. up the family exactly, that's amazing man. that they just let the well maybe they were in a bit of a bind and needed to possibly yeah 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 and and they, she can't take them to the place to the to the place that she's moving to so i'm like because these cats Sweet. are amazing and one actually features quite heavily in one of the reviews because he's just too curious he's just like there mm. you'll see mm. anyway it's a cat for you um steve what cool stuff did you get if anything went to a a toy fair on the weekend toy market sort of the the big one for the month um it was about an hour away and i only had about an hour before i had to go back into town for rehearsals so I had a precious uh, moment to make some new acquaintances, actually. Uh, Mike from the Netherlands, who gave me some sweet deals. I picked nice. up not one, but two snow serpents. Yes, snow serpents! Kind of army building <laughs> these guys. I've got one from oh, the dude. United States, one from South Africa, two from the Netherlands, one from the Philippines, one from Singapore. Um, the list goes on. Maybe one from Australia. Yes, I definitely do have one from Australia. Dude, one I totally Canada. want another one. Mine, mine's from Jim. I got my Jim mm. gave me one. I love it. And I get, I gave you one too. Yes, once one time. So, um, so yeah, you, you gave me two? an ice viper as well. No, uh -huh. I've got, I've got one snow. You gave me a snow, um, a snow serpent version two, which is awesome. Yeah, I gave you snow serpent version one. With yeah. I... Okay. Okay. I'll double check. You know, I remember I'll these double check. Listen. If you've got two, yeah, hey, listen, one of them's from me. Awesome. Because I know I got one from Jim and some accessories from Jim. I also got some parts. Mm. I finally have completed, and this is something that should have happened ages ago, but General Hawk version 2 at 1986 Hawk. I only got his pistol when I came to Australia. And the one that I've had here hasn't had his helmet or his backpack. So, like, for the first time in my life, I have the helmet and backpack and pistol and the figure in the same place. He is complete. At the same oh, time. I know. And then last minute impulse buy, I had $10 in my pocket and said, um, would you would you accept 10 bucks for, for these two oh, things? I want ice cream soldier. <laughs> ice cream soldier and leader one. And leader one. Gobots. Yeah. Eagle Robo, if you prefer. Um, and he was like, no ways, man. The, the jet alone is like $25. And I was like, oh, okay. The jet alone is like $25. I'll see if I can scare <laughs> up some more cash. Because, I mean, there's no place to draw money close by. And you know, Once you've spent your wad. I didn't bring a lot on purpose because I, you know, I'm thrifty these days. 
and also the Cobra, Cobra Mothership, um, need I say more? So I kind of slouched away, not not slouched away, I walked away, I didn't, I, I didn't kind of hint, and then he kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, ah, you know what, mate, I've, I've, I've made some good good money today, um, give me a tenner, they're yours. So yeah, yes, El Cheapo nice. um, Ice Cream Soldier, to ice replace soldier. the one that, that I gave to Rob, because um, Rob. I'm still yeah. waiting for that ice cream scoop um play motion <laughs> and leader <laughs> one is amazing it's so so heavy <laughs> it's so much die cost in this thing it's um it's deceptively high quality if you think about these as like gi joe's i'm sorry transformers poor cousin the gobots you might be mistaken you might you might be in for a bit of a surprise when you get the sort of the original 35 or so or one of them in hand and just see it's a different beast but there's something very consistent about them because they weren't a cut and paste of different toy lines that takara hasbro just kind of cobbled together to make up the transformers there's a kind of a uh, unifying there's a unifying yeah. intention to these guys and it's very satisfying to god i might be becoming a vintage gobots collector because Dude, i dig cycle man I have Pathfinder, I have Leader One, Psykill is next. He's on the favorites list, of course. I still kind of want a Leader One, um, that nice one. That like Yeah, they've done cool the kind of the masterpiece made. of GoBots not too long yes. ago. But um but but to to the the beauty I'm of old school thing things are their old school feel. Yes. The, the history that's inside. There's a magic. There's a magic. Well, I don't want to even when they're less less um flattering. Like he, his robot mode is he's a thick boy. And well, he's he's thin up top and thick down below. And you know, it's not the most flattering look for a heroic um Gobertron uh, guardian. But it's leader one. I, I also, it's leader one, dude. And guys, I don't want to spoil this too much because and uh, but I do want to just talking about that vintage feel. Uh Chris Miwa. Uh, sent Rob and myself a parcel actually, and um, in that parcel, uh, one of the reveals is a um, Galvatron, but like the original Galvatron figure, and it's super vintage and rickety, and I just love it for that. But I don't want to talk too much about what's in there because Rob, um, Rob's got stuff from there, and I don't want to spoil it yet because he's only going to be getting it this week. So, yeah, um, dude, that's awesome, man. <laughs> my camera's not good enough to show you his head sculpt but it's it's not cartoon accurate it's uh, pretty it's, shit it's beautiful <laughs> it's, I think it's good. beautiful it looks like okay. a viper it looks like a cobra of some kind like maybe a, a battle core viper big so, kind of oxygen mask vented with with like fighter pilot goggles he's he's cool he's creepy i like him you know it's kind of like gobots was i mean you know you and i watched a lot of gobots when we were kids because we had the videotapes at the video store or at least i did and i was always renting them out and you know i could i could never like get i could never see the i find the toys or, or saw the toys or maybe they were just on shelves that i never looked at or something whatever but there was this cartoon that was on it was a Christmas All special. All my GoBots came day. from Joburg, by the way. You should know. The irony, of course. Though I, I mean, I, kids in my prime in my nursery school had GoBots, so I knew that like somehow these kids were getting them somewhere. But there was this show, and I don't know. I, th I think 
I can't even remember the character. I think the little cartoon character's name is Bobby or something. And it's like a whole Christmas show. And he goes with his mom and he's like, mom, can I get like a toy? And she's like, yeah, but it has to be like a small toy. And he picks up like a little robot jet off a shelf. And it had, it's very much a design of like leader one. Maybe somebody that's in the comments now will be able to like remember this. But like the toy was like $5. And that sowed such a bad seed in my brain at such mm -hmm. a young age because I was always like in the hopes that I'd find this cool little cheap $5 robot. And I think the love I have for the Transformers Kingdom Core or should the Transformers Core line, which are those tiny Megatrons and Optimus Prime and Soundwave et al., the reason I love that stuff so much is because of that cartoon show. Because I have this like fondness for like cool little transformable robots. It's just a thing. Hmm. So Especially yeah. Especially when they scale well together and play nicely. I mean, mm. if you don't know, GoBots were around before the Transformers. Mm. As a brand, as an entity, GoBots struck first. Um, GoBots. Well, the cartoon. Did the cartoon? Ah, I don't know. Watch Toy Galaxy's Do history of if you want a good run. Yeah, that's. But I've yeah. been watching a lot of digital combat simulator stuff. Uh, a channel called Growling Sidewinder. <clears throat> They're pretty popular. So uh, if you if you check them out, you'll see these guys get a lot of hits. Um, but he does a wide range of of, of aircraft um, Go simulations and and just showing off how they perform in a very realistic simulation against one another and like seeing the f-15 just dominate is very exciting it has any it, it's radar is almost second to none i mean if you're not talking about stealths like the f-22 which is obviously god tier but as, as far as a conventional fighter. conventional fighter is concerned what is this fifth mm. generation fourth generation fourth generation the f-15 is incredible and to have a little F-15 toy that is a goodie, you know, Starscream and his pals are F-15s too, but this guy, he's heroic. And yeah, it's a good, good F-15. F-15 toy. Hmm. Oh, Skywarp, you're hiding somewhere. Keep playing with this toy and putting it down. <laughs> like, ridiculous. Yeah, I like my baddie F-15s. <laughs> okay. You do that. Well, there's something very, I suppose, subversive about making an F-15 the baddie. And that was like one of the cool things about the Michael Bay films is that like they, the Decepticons were integrated into the United States Army and Air Force and Marines. And the reveal was, was a big rug out from under you moments. And that's why the Decepticons chose military vehicles to be able to take the fight to the, 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 the most potent enemy and infiltrate it's clever one of the i suppose laudable aspects of those almost unwatchable Movies. films yeah but I we like have blown time, far enough off track i think it's time to uh wrap this one up we thank Let's our destroy them live Sorry. viewers and commenters voice. we also have massive love for the folks that somehow in the generosity of their hearts see fits to toss us a few bucks or maybe not even a few, uh, more than a few yeah. months, month to month. Thank you, patrons. Thank you to the patrons. Thank you to the yeah. GI Joe uh, members on YouTube who also uh, are signed up to a little bit of a subscription service and get my weekly vlogs as a result. I punish you with my thoughts week to week, or maybe a little 
ramshackle play motions if you're lucky. If I feel like making the effort, um, but yeah, thank God, you. God, and I again. feel it's appreciated. And I feel bad now because I'm gonna start punishing you guys with my thoughts too. And now mm. all we need is Rob, <laughs> and then you're gonna get a trio mm. of our musings. <laughs> but hey, you poor poor dears. But thank you once again, week to week, for catching up with us, checking out the pod, checking out the channel. Uh, yeah. The home of G.I. Joe. It's right here at the Berg. You know it. Bergies out there. Um, next week, we will not be doing a podcast. We will be doing a podcast in um, two weeks' time. And that will be focused on issue 10 of the comic book. Um, yep. Yeah, so read ahead if you like. And gosh, I'm blanking on what it's going to be, but it's probably going to be uh, issues... 200 and something or other <laughs> the late 200s but we've got forthcoming stuff from um skybound down the pipeline so maybe we'll Oof, how um... nice of that art i, it's very I good. kind of would like us to do a, a conversation just on on, on issue 301 when, yeah. when issue 301 becomes available expect podcast on that mm. subject matter so yeah if you are following the comic books that will be aimed squarely at you but yes, happy Halloween to everyone. It's that's happy good Halloween. time of year, boys and girls. Mm. Mm. It's a good time. Time we to get spooky. Are out. Have you got a costume, Paul? Or are you just going as yourself, Dr. Mindbender? Mm? Dude, I mean, listen, I just need to walk into I mean, God, did I ever tell you this story? Oh, here we go. At Cape Town Comic Con. <laughs> so I'm at Cape Town Comic Con and somebody feels the need to start telling me that like um, there's rumors that Keanu Reeves is walking around there. Oh, there's no. maybe there. Yeah. So anyway, it filtered down to um, people thought I was Keanu from a distance. <laughs> I'm just like ridiculous. So no, I will be going as I uh, suppose John Wick on Tuesday. I'll open up the door to kitties who want uh, treats and I'll just be like, don't hurt my dog. Well, and uh, you were at a comic there. con with other whiteies, but like I was in the Philippines, and I mean, all white people look the same, right? A guy came up to me, allegedly, like, dude, you look like Andrew Garfield. Like, no, it wasn't the Philippines, it was Indonesia, anyway. It was, yeah, it was in Jakarta. And the guy was like, You look like Andrew Garfield. I'm like, I'll take it, <laughs> thanks. Cool, man. <laughs> uh, it's not what I see when I look in the mirror, but um, cool, awesome, and cool. He, like. It, he persisted. He was like, man, I could convince people that you were Andrew Garfield. Would you take a picture with me? I'm like, dude. <laughs> okay. I think those guys. They'll never come dudes. back to bite me, I hope. But like, oh, jeez. I do not look like Andrew Garfield. Anyways. Um, yo, Joe, everybody. And goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one. Why do we need to do this?